You're listening to the Post Sunday. Post Sunday. Post Sunday podcast. Posted every Wednesday at 9 a.m., where you can expect to hear commentary on the previous message and a book resource for further study. All for the edification of God's church and the expansion of the gospel. So grab your swim trunks, put on your goggles, because we're about to dive in. I like just watching you during that. <laughs> uh, that's great. It's great. It's this time that is you really good, yeah. Joel. This time you didn't squirm, but you were clenching. <laughs> like the whole time you were well, clenching. Was, oh my gosh, I never know what Joel's going to say, because it makes me nervous. Oh my gosh. Well, welcome to the Post Sunday Podcast, sponsored by Tithing. When your wallet's tight, tithing is right. Let's edit that out. <laughs> let's, let's just... I just gave you a compliment, and then you started off I know. with something that uh, made me nervous. I really gosh. wanted to see what you'd say. So that was I really, got nauseous. That was the only they reason I did that. They make me physically nauseous. That's the only reason I did that. Okay. Well, welcome again to the Post Sunday Podcast. Uh, this past Sunday, Sean was talking about Abraham and Lot. Um, and one of the, the couple things that stood out to, to me were uh, the comments you made about laying your life, laying down your life even for your enemies. Uh, and how in Christianity that's like it's a tentpole, but of other religions that's you know you couldn't even think to do that. You, of course, you have to open a water bottle in front of the mic. You couldn't have done it to the side. <laughs> you couldn't have done it maybe above your head. No, you had to do it on the other side of the mic, <laughs> two inches away. Uh, on that note. <laughs> On that note, <laughs> to Joey. <laughs> Wait, why is this? Where was I supposed to open it? You, you made. Okay, so the mic is omnidirectional. Let me get. It's just. It's omnidirectional. <laughs> You put it in that front of the mic as if the okay, sound is not in. Can I explain? You made me move this microphone where it's, I have like a half an inch between me and it. For good reason. And so I put the drink behind because I didn't know how else to open it. I, just, I also want to point out the fact that Joey just spit water all over my carpet trying to put it back in his water bottle. <laughs> I kept trying to force it down. I couldn't get it down. It was just that you really have no idea how things work. <laughs> I was like, oh. oh my gosh, that's twice I've laughed really hard today. The first time was when you said Yahoo instead of Yoohoo this morning at staff meeting. It was just the taking the water. He didn't want to do it here because he knew the mic would pick up. So he moved it right here where the mic picks up just as well. Man, I feel uh, like we need a reboot or no, something. That was good. That's a great start. Well, uh, the Who, second point that stood you out to my me. enemies right now. <laughs> this is, this Thank one. you. Lay your life down for us. The second thing is worship costs something. Uh, Sean, would you like to elaborate? Elaborate on which one? On any of those? Anything that you might want to summarize anymore? Add That's not a couple a more comments. Would you have anything to add to those? those two that you would like to maybe summarize for everyone listening. So on the first one, I think, you know, the teaching of Christ to love our enemies. And of course, my small group made the great point that maybe 
Abraham wasn't angry at Lot since he gave Lot the choice, which is certainly a fair point. Um, but, you know, we love our enemies. I mean, that's, that's a pretty revolutionary thought in ancient Near Eastern culture. And um, I think it's unique to Christianity that we, we were loved when we were enemies with God. And, and so the overflow of knowing God in Christ is that we are loving to those who may not be loving to us in return. So um, a huge impact and influence on the gospel. And then bringing something to worship, you know, probably the only elaboration, I don't think I said it in every service, I think I said it in one, was uh, the idea of um, very countercultural. You know, we live in a, in a kind of a consumeristic Christian worship culture and um, kind of compa- combating the idea that we bring something to worship and mm. we're not always supposed to just sit there arms folded and go man what can I get out of this but what can I bring what can I give even you know I, I spent some time on tithing of course but even just your gifting and your talents mm-hmm. and um, you know I know as someone that's been preaching for a long time there's times you get exhausted and you go man there's something else I could do or I'm sure mm. you get that as a worship leader right but yep. at the end of the day your gift is not for you it's for the body and to minister to the body. And so every person that's a Christian at our church has a gift that they should be bringing to use for the good of the body of Christ. It's, it's not even a gift for you per yeah. se, but it's for others and to serve. Yeah. So we bring something to worship. Hmm. I like that. Does anyone have anything else before we go into the questions? That's Bethany's passion. Gifting. Thank you for being in a tent. Well, that wasn't her fault. That's all. Yeah. That wasn't her fault. <laughs> all right. So the first question uh, says this. There, First, it's actually a statement, then a question. Mm. It says, there is a dichotomy in these two chapters. Uh, so chapter 13 and 14. In one instance, we see Abram really allowing Lot to take advantage of his generosity and kindness. In another instance, we see Abram go to war and kill his enemies in order to rescue his nephew Lot. And so the question is, can you give us handles on how or when to be doormats for others and when to stand against others? It's a great question. We spent a ton of time on that in our small group, yeah, actually. We did. So um, I don't have a great answer. Sure you do. I do? Yeah. Go, you give it to me. Hmm. What do you think, Joey? Yeah, what do you think, How did Joey? this get turned around on me? <clears throat> you said I had a great answer. No. I mean, there's parts of of scripture you and I've talked about this before where if you pushed it too far I could you could become a pacifist hmm. um, I mean that, that stuff I've wrestled with before in my own life is mm-hmm. does the Bible promote absolute pacifism um, at maybe the even the expense of my own family um, and and then there's other passages I mean that that some of the beauty maybe of chapters 13 and 14 of Genesis um, maybe is more of a sub point that there is some sort of tension there. Mm. Um, I don't know. Where do you draw the line between laying your life down for the gospel to, because I think of martyrs, I think of people that are a part of the persecuted church who uh, they're, Husbands or their wives, uh, their kids, are being slaughtered for them not denouncing right. the faith, and they're not rising up and rebelling against 
their persecutors. They're laying their lives down and somehow training their family or teaching their family to do the same. Um, yeah, we talked so in smaller attention. It is. We talked about this in small group how Christ comes in and flips the temple tables, right? Yep. So there's a spot for maybe a little more aggression. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cody there. called him sassy Jesus. We said, yeah, Cody. Sassy Jesus. <laughs> <clears throat> he said when Jesus was acting sassy <laughs> and uh, and then you know and of course he laid down his life mm. and allowed the Roman government with the accusation of the Jews to put him to death so um, it, it's a it, it, those things give me pause I mean mm. I, I've even yeah. said this from the pulpit the pause of Romans 13 where we're to submit to the governing authorities over us mm. yet in American history, we threw off the British government yeah. when we decided it wasn't fair, right? Yeah. And we'd all agree we live in a great country. However, I do think it, there's some seeds in American culture of throwing off government when you want to. Yeah. And that's a tension for me. So that's a great question. I don't have a great answer. Yeah. Um, mm. It's, uh, you know, was the text I'm coming up to in a couple weeks with um, Sarah and Hagar, and Hagar runs away when she gets pregnant by mm. Abraham, which is an incredibly sad and twisted passage, yeah, a lot of sin, and God sends her back mm. to her mistress, who was to Sarah, who was being mean to her. Yeah. You mm. know? And um, yeah, I think it'd be the. Oh, go ahead, Bethany. <coughs> I was going to say I think it. Um, for me, I. I always ask myself, okay, what is going to bring God the most glory in this? That's the mm. whole point of it. And we talked about how um, part of, sometimes when we're humble, it might feel like we're a doormat, but the bottom line is, you know, what is going to bring God the glory? Mm. So in one instance, um, it, maybe it wasn't clear cut from Abram, um, you know, whether or not to give Lot a choice and how to do it. But, but the next time around, it was very clear cut. This is mm. what is right. This is what is right. wrong. I'm going to do the clear cut thing. And I know one thing that I'll tell people when they say, what if they're taking advantage of you? Well, I don't know if right. they are or not. And if I'm going to err, I'd rather err on the side of grace than right. on the side of being unloving. And so um, I, I really think it is very situational. You know, what is the situation? What does it call for? Is it cut and dry or is it... Um, it, is it something that's gray? And if it's gray, then do whatever brings the most glory to God. Because right. that's going to be the thing mm. that's going to be yeah. the best, you know. Yeah. And in regards to um, kind of even going back to the government, um, there is this piece of resistance to a tyrannical government right. can be obedience to God in the sense of if your government is forcing you, if your government makes practicing your Christian faith illegal, then submission for the Christian is no longer an option. Uh, we have to break the law. Uh, but you, but rule, can you break the law and then suffer the what the government right. gives as the due consequences? Yeah. And I think right. that's what you see in the New Testament, isn't it? I mean, it seems like it. You see a resi- You see even a rebuke hmm. toward. Uh, Tyrants that would oppress God's people, right. God's work, but men and women who were willing to subject themselves to the consequences of rebelling against hmm. their government. 
Uh, and so when, um, uh, who was it that uh, when Peter was in prison, they were praying for Peter? Rhoda. Uh, Rhoda. And opens the door, shuts the door in his face, runs off. But uh, they didn't go to uh, break him out of prison. Uh, they didn't. They didn't go to overthrow the government to get Peter out of prison. They prayed. Right. They fasted. They waited. Mm-hmm. The Lord delivered him in that case. Uh, there's a lot of majority of the time the Lord doesn't deliver right. in in that regard. Mm. Uh, but I think there are templates that we have, especially in the New Testament, of people rebelling against uh, oppressive governments uh, that subjecting themselves to the consequences if they got caught hmm. and didn't try to get out of I mean, you see that in church history too, right? Especially during the Reformation. You see some right. of these guys yeah. who are going against Catholic doctrine that their lives are on the line, and a lot of them end up having to go in hiding. And uh, Well, I, you know, this question is really broader than even government. Yeah. I mean, I think about... All of us in this room do measures of counseling, right? Yeah. So you got a husband and wife, and one of the spouses is not changing a harmful behavior pattern, mm. and especially when it's not physical, like they're not being hit on, right? But a long-term pattern of sin being sinned against hurts right. over time, right? And, yeah. And we use the term abuse, right? And then what do you, you know? I don't, I don't. You know, we don't see biblical, that's not a biblical cause for divorce, yet how much do I have to put up right. with as What's a person? It, when's enough? Yeah. <laughs> right. Mm. So. I think that's where it takes a lot of the discipline of discernment. Mm. Yeah. You know, one of the things you had said is that they count the cost before they disobey the government. You right. Know? And so I sit back and I think, okay, so have you counted the cost of what it's going to be to divorce? Hmm. Um, is that cost greater than just enduring and persevering? Right. And, right. and then it goes back to, you know, how do you, how do you get that discernment? You know God's Word. And if you have God's Word, that's going to give you, James tells us, that's going to help us to persevere. Yeah. And so, yeah. you know, it just goes back to just really knowing God and knowing what His Word says mm. to be able to endure the things that, when people ask me, what if they're taking advantage of you? I'm prepared to pay the cost for that. Yeah. Right. Because I'd rather pay the cost for being loving mm-hmm. than, than not. Yeah, you know? yeah. And some of it's that, quite, I mean, it gets back to the question of, is what I'm about to do or not do, does it make much of Christ or yeah. does it make much of me? Mm-hmm. Mm. Probably something to filter everything yeah. we do through. Yeah. Well, and I was just going to say, I mean, it, it's, as you guys were talking about, it, the common theme was cost. And I mean, like the next question is what, uh, speak about worship costs something. How does that practically play out? Like you guys are literally talking about that right now and how worship, because worship isn't just music and corporate worship. It's not even just corporate Yeah, worship, it's, it's worship is your lifestyle. It's, everything it's everything and so if it costs stuff that's what you guys are talking about like you're exhibiting how you're worshiping when you're interacting with people who may or may not be taking advantage of you you're you're exhibiting worship when you're in a marriage that's you know for all intents and purposes loveless now and the person's now not loving you anymore and so and you guys have kind of already answered that but i mean speak a little bit more on that what do you how else do you think worship costs something plays out practically in our lives 
I think the most practical thing that we even joked about a little bit before my mom and I is that, um, do you know how much more money I would have if I didn't give to the church? <laughs> I mean, you know, so just mm-hmm. let's do straight costs. Yeah. But then I go to even time. I mean, having a whole other day of the week <clears throat> to mm-hmm. sleep in and to have the day off. I mean, it costs something for me to get out of bed and to come and to be a part mm. of corporate worship. Amen. I mean, it just, anything that's worth it is going to cost me something. Yeah. And, and it's true. Yeah, I think I think a big thing too is it's practically like you say it costs energy, and I think we think of money and in, in, uh, when we think of cost, we think of even time, but we often don't think of energy. And I think it always makes me go back to what you talk about, Sean, as as a parent um, who's who's a godly parent training up his children in the way that they should go, loving his wife as he's called to love her, is going to go to bed exhausted. Um, and, and I think that's something that we underestimate when we think of cost. I think it costs energy to worship the Lord in our day-to-day lives. And so like you said, it costs energy as well to get up here on a Sunday morning. At, so for me, it's like six something and play three services and then go home. And then, then we have small group later. And then shots the same thing. You, you do three services of speaking and your voice is probably dying by the end of it. And it's it's energy, but it's worth something. Like you said, it's for God's glory and the expansion of the gospel. Yeah. The other side of it, too, is is if I don't get up on Sunday morning and I don't give my time, talent, and treasure to my local church, that has a cost. As, like, I think, mm, yeah. I always come back to this, like, t- to be a part of a Christian community and, and, and see some of the people that I've had the privilege and pleasure of investing in now invest in my children. Like, that's amazing to yeah. me. I was talking to a friend of mine recently. We were talking about how... You, when you go to a funeral to someone that didn't attend a church regularly, how small they are mm. generally. Yeah. When you go to someone that was involved in their community and you see the <clears throat> lives that they influence yeah. and touch, there's something, there's the yeah. other side of that cost of giving of yourself to the point of fatigue. Um, but then you see the influence, and then that's where I think we have to have the eternal perspective. Of, right. You know, what, how does this play out for eternity? And yeah. What does what does giving of my life do for the gospel and mm. for eternity? And God invites us through Christ to be a part of making an eternal footprint with our yeah. little, little little lives. You know, yeah. that's a ama- that's a tremendous blessing. Um, mm. So, and and even the church then in turn blessing my own family and my own discipleship efforts at home and seeing that people then coming alongside and helping me and that mm-hmm. is so encouraging yeah. You know? yeah I think we often take a perspective of a of a scale you know you put a weight on one side of the scale and it's lopsided so mm. you put another weight on to balance the scale and Chris and I were just talking about this last night you know that um, we have some friends who are trying to um, make up for things that they've done and and Mm. they're just trying to balance that scale you know okay so god was good with me so now i'm going to be good enough to balance that scale and and i said to him the thing is is that we will never balance the scales with god like we can do we can give and give and give and pay and pay and pay we're never going to balance that scale because Mm. he's already done enough Mm -hmm. and then like you were saying even when we give he still continues to give over and above and so the ba- the balance is never going to come, and I right, think that's right. what we're looking for: is when have I done enough to balance the mm-hmm. scale so mm-hmm. I can be done? Right. Yeah. I think of um, for me, 
think of the old uh, that Keith Green song, uh, uh, To Obey is Better Than Sacrifice. Remember that song? And you want me to sing it? Sing it real quick. <laughs> Every time you talk, is Keith Green the guy that you say I always look like? You look like Keith Green. Unbelievable. Like Keith Green. Like Keith Green. <laughs> he died in a plane crash. He did. At a, at a young age. age. About your age. Please don't. What? Okay. <laughs> now, he wasn't too much older than you. Oh, no. <laughs> um, I'm not going to fly. Yeah. The, um, but obedience is better than sacrifice. Thinking in, in thinking of how that relates to worship costing us something, right, is um, for me maybe more less about even the word sacrifice and more about God's called me to obedience, right? Like that at the end of the day is what the Lord's called mm-hmm. me to do, and um, that's an expectation. Yeah, that's a. Um, this is what Christians do. Yeah, there's there's not a any any wiggle room there, yeah. right? This yeah. is if you're if you call yourself a Christian, the Bible defines what it is that you do as a Christian and what's expected. Yeah, and your obedience is worship to the Lord. Right, and uh, if it came natural, it wouldn't. We wouldn't have to really be told. We wouldn't have to have a book on what it means to be a Christian, right? right? Yeah. Or what, what we have to believe, what we have, yeah. to, uh, the way that a Christian behaves, etc. But, um, but worship is about obedience, yeah. And so, if it'd probably be good for us to connect those two right. together, yeah. You can't have worship without obedience, right? Uh, it it just doesn't work. Right. And so, if, if we're we call ourselves Christians and we're living habitually disobedient. In whatever area of life, uh, your worship on Sunday, uh, you may be worshiping something, but it's not Christ, because the Scripture dictates how you worship Christ, and uh, and so we we need to make sure that those two things are married uh, under the banner of, of of the gospel, based well, on the fact I, we're positionally right. With the Lord. And I mean that great that great song and verse comes from an incredibly difficult passage of Scripture, right, where King Saul is told to wipe out all of the people right and saw thinking maybe god needs something saves the best of the animals Mm -hmm. for sacrifice and he saves the women right Mm -hmm. of the and and uh, he gets confronted children he saves the children yeah you know which you know it's like wow and he gets confronted by uh samuel the prophet Mm. To obey is better than sacrifice. Mm-hmm. God doesn't yeah. need your animals yeah. for sacrifice. Yeah. He needs yeah. your obedience to His word, and 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 so you you take that to what I was saying at the beginning. There are times that God calls us to hard things yeah. mm-hmm. of self-sacrifice, mm-hmm. and and sometimes it, sometimes wisdom dictates because we don't you know there's not, right yeah, yeah not yeah. the scripture doesn't always speak to every specific yeah. detail of our lives. Yeah. Sometimes though. The Bible's clear. You yeah. know, and, and we, we have trouble with the clear. We can't even get the clear parts yeah. right. Yeah. But yeah. we spend all our time talking about the unclear parts right. because right. then that distracts us from the clear parts. Where well, I mean, I'm having a debate right now with someone over tithing, right? Yeah. And I'm, to me, tithing is just a clear principle of of bless. Like I, I have seen God provide for me and my family more times in our lives when we didn't. The tithe was not. It was a sacrifice where the budget didn't add mm-hmm. up, and we tithe. And to watch the Lord provide only enhanced my trust in Him and right. enhanced my worship, even my corporate worship. Yeah. Like to come and sing about the God who is true to His promises. Mm-hmm. 
was real to me that week mm. when the check showed up in the mail that I wasn't mm-hmm. expecting yeah, and provided the needs. And you're like, Malachi 3.10, God says, yep. you'll bless, put me to the test on this, see if I don't bless you. And, and so sometimes the clear parts that we hedge and then we don't see God. Yeah. It, it, yeah, yeah I, I think, I think um, like, so what you guys are talking I think we can be misguided in our endeavors thinking that we're being obedient, but in reality we're just, we're kind of doing it for our own reasons or our own agendas, and we might even not know about that. Because, like, I think about, like I was reading this morning, Psalm 127, um, and it first says, Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. Both things aren't wrong inherently, watching over being a watchman, building. But unless the Lord's there and doing it, and he's the one who's calling you to do this, then you're doing it in vain. I think there's many of us, like you said, we hedge the things that are clear um, with our own, I think, with our own thoughts and agendas instead of, so like the tithing thing, you know, you're having a discussion with someone who might have their own, no, this is what I think tithing, this is what, you know, and instead he's they're putting their view of how scripture should be on how scripture should be, you know what I'm trying to say, so. Yes. That was as clear as mud. That's what my dad would say. Thanks for that. Shout out, shout uh, out, Joey Senior. <laughs> on that note, let's uh, let's take a let's take a break. We need to fix your mics. Yep. You've been listening right. to Coastal Community Church's Post Sunday Podcast. We're located at 101 Village Avenue with service times on Sundays at 8 o'clock, 9:30, and 11 a.m. Come check us out this weekend. And we're back. Ooh, that sounded really good. So now it's Joey's it turn. like a slow jams. And we're back. Yeah. Welcome back to slow the Post jams. Sunday Podcast. Getting you through that work week. With Lord, I lift your name on high. <laughs> <laughs> That's Christian slow jams. Bringing and it back to the oldies with, with Shout to the North. As the deer. <laughs> guys, remember Hungry? We'll sing that one again for you guys. You guys remember Hungry? Yeah. We used to sing one in youth. We used to sing one in youth group when give me gas from my Ford, keep me trucking for the Lord. <laughs> did you sing that, Bethany? Yes, we oh did. my gosh. <laughs> we wanted to plan that uh waves of mercy. Is every move I made? I wanted to put that in the set and all the worship leaders were completely down for it, but then I said I'm probably would get fired for that. So not for me. Really? You would want that? I think we kill some of these maybe that one. That's Yeah, that wasn't the one to make your stand on. Really? You missed it. it. You missed it. I'd be more of an like you just throw these songs out, man, and there's some good ones. Like every move I make. But like, see, because like, it has and it has great motions too. Everyone with us. Waves see, of mercy. Shout yeah. to the Lord. That's the one we need. Bring Bringing in the shoes. Shout to the Lord. Shout, a great song. Shout to the Lord, Lord, all the earth. Almost great persuaded. Song. All right, we'll bring it back. You're my boss, so I can have to Bringing in say. the sheaves. That's a good Bring offer. Oh my gosh. That was the offering song. Holdeth he standeth. What about the? Heaven's Telephone, what is it? The Royal Telephone. Royal Telephone. <laughs> all right, so Joey, why don't you give us a... Uh... I think for all of us. This is for all of us. Oh. I feel like you young guys have skipped like the 80s and 90s praise songs and just gone back to the 1500s. Listen, Petra wasn't that great. Petra. <laughs> I hate to break it to you, but Petra, Petra wasn't that great, was fantastic. Man. They weren't that great. Striper, not that great. It's, Those guys wouldn't make it today. They couldn't make it in today's so world. What are you talking about? Mm-mm. Okay, let's actually do this. All right, so the question about uh, book recommendations is this. So tithing, praying, worship was mentioned throughout the sermon this week. What books have shaped your thinking 
on these categories. And I don't miss the decade where the Bible. men wore <laughs> oversaturated themselves with hairspray. Too much hairspray in the eighties. That was a dark decade. I go through a ton. I'm so glad this is what we're doing for the book recommendations right now. Spray gel. And People my are, wife always says, how do you go through that much? You don't have that much hair. So this is the book recommendation well, right now. This is so books. Anyway. So, I, I mean, I like the uh, Spiritual Disciplines of the Christian Line Great by one. Don Whitney. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Um, there's one I just read this December. It, I wish I would have read it a long time ago. Um by R. Kent Hughes. Have you guys ever read anything about R. Mm-mm. Kent Hughes? Uh, he's a so he's a pastor. He's a professor at Westminster. Uh, older man, uh, but just writes in plain language, which mm-hmm. are the kinds of books I like to read. Yeah. And the uh, but he wrote a book called what? Disciplines of a Godly Man. I like the plain speak man. That's why I read Puritans. I like the plain speakers. What? <laughs> The uh, but he wrote Disciplines of a Godly Man, excellent. His wife Barbara wrote one. My wife is finishing right now called Disciplines of a Godly Woman, hmm. excellent, excellent. Okay, I'm right now. It's not. I, I'm reading um, Spurgeon's letters, lectures to my students. It's a great book, mm. and I'm in the section on prayer, and it's. Uh, convicting and mm-hmm. motivating. Actually, it's mo—it's probably the most motivating section I've ever read on prayer, where I don't walk away feeling convicted as much as I got to add to this discipline. Right, that's yeah. how I like my Enthused. sermons. Yeah. <laughs> how do you like your sermons? I didn't feel, leave feeling convicted, just <laughs> motivated. motivated. Really, really, anything by Spurgeon would be a good investment if you're looking to improve in. All those areas. I don't know. Uh, the one section he told some kid he couldn't preach because he didn't have enough stature. He's too thin, he told him. <laughs> he said, get some meat on those bones. Essentially. <laughs> but then, <laughs> but then he so told hard. Moody to stop oh, eating, which yeah. is my favorite thing. My favorite you won't have, he told him he wouldn't have enough breath to last through a sermon. That he needed more I love meat that on his bones. Exactly. It's really funny. It's very he was funny. so witty. Bethany, do you have any? Um... What were all of your categories again? Tithing so tithing, worship, prayer. Prayer. Um, so celebra- uh, celebration of discipline by Foster um, mm. uh, is a good one. Of Too course. much shame. I've never read that book. Really? So yeah. that, that is a good one. I mean, Simple. Dallas Willard's is a little bit more contemporary, so I like that one. Um, but at that same time, I don't know that it really speaks to any of those, but one that came to mind as you were talking is Pursuit of Holiness by Jerry Bridges. Such a good book. Um, it's an incredible book. It's a little book, so it doesn't take long to read. Mm-hmm. And um, it just, it, it, to me, it was very, very practical. Um, the, another one he did was The Practice of Godliness. It's a great book. And that was a good one, too. And so He's um, one of my favorite authors. Yeah, he's really? very, very good. Mm-hmm. Really Who's that again? Make sure Jerry Bridges. I'm Jerry sure. Bridges. Jerry Bridges, man. Is he intervarsity? Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, no navigators. He's navigators. navigators. That's right. He died last year. Mm-hmm. Sorry. What? Great. I just, <laughs> wow. Way to make the thing. That was the biggest halt right there. Full stop. <laughs> <So> nice, <laughs> nicely done, Joey. I can't wait to have you at a party and you just. Oh, you know that guy? He died. Demi Downer sketch. Little Seinfeld music in the background, but ding, 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 ding. That was great. Mm. Any other books? 
That'll get them started. I don't. I mean, is there has there ever been a book written on tithe like that's really I, good? It's funny. I was thinking about that. Tithing? Probably the, the treasure not a, principle. What? Yeah, by uh, treasure um, principle, right? What yeah. was it called? By Randy Alcorn. Randy the Alcorn. treasure principle by Randy Alcorn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a good. Yeah. One. I like Randy Alcorn it. though. He's okay. one of the few that has written on it. Yeah. It's it's very small read and it's it's very celebratory around giving. Mm-hmm. So. That's kind of it. Well, I mean, that kind of fits our age. People don't like to talk about tithing. I mean, no one likes to be told to tithe, which is mm-hmm. so interesting. You could tell people, don't sleep around, don't get drunk, don't do all this stuff. But if you tell them to tithe... If you told them to don't tithe, though, because you were doing don't... don't right, right. Don't, don't Maybe don't tithe. tithe, reverse psychology. Spoken like a true counselor. That was beautiful. Well, do you guys have anything else to add before we uh, end it off? Uh, just um, excited about our new campus, so be in prayer mm-hmm. for that. And, uh, what time is that? 9.30. Gloucester. One service. One service. It's, a, it's, you know, it's more of a meeting, really. I mean, we're building towards our grand opening, which right. will be in the fall. Uh, we'll be in September. So we're still you know, gathering all the resources, getting all the sound equipment. But we're going to have a, ser- a meeting, a service time this week. And nice. Each week we'll improve what we do, mm-hmm. and the excitement's there. So I'm really excited. So be in prayer, small group leaders. Awesome. Remember, if you guys have any questions, submit them to sermonquestions at gocoastal.org or any other just random questions as to why is Sean still coughing. I was about to cough. <laughs> you can go ahead and do it. No. Sign us off with a nice hearty cough. <laughs> do it. So rude. <laughs> All right, see you guys. Bye. Have a wonderful week. Bye.